Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I am, as always, so excited to be able to talk to you and to share my lists with you and the incredible people that I have met along the way that have taught me how to ask better questions about all different aspects of life and business and living. And um, we're even going to have a pastor, a rabbi, and a guru in here in um, August, and we're going to be talking about faith. And no, it's not a joke. Um, You know, what happens when a pastor, a rabbi, and a guru walk into a radio station? Well, we're going to find out. But today, um, and I find this really humorous that Elizabeth is my guest today, because Elizabeth Finney, because I, as you know, had shoulder surgery, rotator cuff surgery two weeks ago. And Jody laughs at me every time I try to put my headsets on or anything because it's really hard to lift that arm up. And I've been going through rehab and I'm 52 years old. It's not been an easy thing, especially caregiving for my mom full time. But I really recognize that fitness and wellness and healing truly does change after the age of 45. And I want to give a shout out to my amazing um, physical therapy people at Longevity Rehab and Sebastian, Sharon, and Christy and the entire crew there. Thank you, thank you, thank you um, for helping me rehab. Um, Yes, with pain, but so worth it because of everything that I'm able to do with my arm just in two short weeks. So let me introduce you to my guest today. Elizabeth Finney is a certified personal trainer with the American Council on Exercise. She has been named top female executive with Worldwide Who's Who and is VIP of the Year in Health and Fitness for 2013 and 2014. Her passion is fitness after 45. And the first time I ever met Elizabeth, I I saw her across the room of a conference we were at, and she just glowed and had the most amazing posture I've ever seen even after hours and hours of sitting in a room. And her mission is to inspire people to plan their physical retirement as they plan their fiscal retirement. Her caring and compassionate fitness advice is individual. I cannot speak this morning. Is individually customized through workshops, consulting, and speaking. And her positive, instructive manner motivates all to succeed in controlling their own aging. Since 2000, she has helped hundreds of people get stronger, more flexible, and healthier. And she has helped many slow down, stop and reverse aging issues that they've been plagued with for years. She's even created this amazing program that um, you can. F- we're going to find out more about. But what I love about Elizabeth is she literally lives the talk. She is a perfect example, in my opinion, just an amazing woman who is making a difference in the world with the work she does. So please welcome my friend Elizabeth Finney. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Thank How are you? Thank you. How are you doing on this amazing morning? You're up in Rhode Island, right? I am in Rhode Island. It is an overcast day with the sun desperately struggling to try to get through. But, you know, it's a good day. It's always a good day. As soon as you wake up, it's a good day. Yes, it so is. And I love the fact that you're on on the show this week because last week we had Cheryl Lushang calling in from Singapore talking about the 24-hour woman. (laughs) And, you know, and part of that whole thing is we have to take care of ourselves physically. Mm -hmm. And I know myself that I've had so many physical issues that nobody can figure out. And if I don't do my Pilates on a regular basis, 
and some other basic things, I, I physically just can't even cope mentally, yeah. emotionally, uh, spiritually with yeah. everything else that's going on. Because Pilates in some ways is a form of meditation for me. I've recently discovered since I haven't mm-hmm. done it in a couple of weeks. How did you start on this journey? Well, I was 45 years old, and I had a five-year-old was my youngest, and I realized, because I had her at 40, if if she was going to wait till 40 to have a child, I would be 80 years old with a newborn. Oh, my God. <laughs> as a grandchild. And I thought, I better do something about it. So I started to exercise, but I, I Susan Powder, remember Susan Powder with I a do. leech blonde crew cut? And um, insanity and or only, something? Stop the insanity? Or? Stop the insanity, exactly, exactly. But there certainly was nothing out there for people who were 45. And um, so I was, Susan did, she did work on, she called it modification, so that she showed in her tapes and CDs and stuff, uh, DVDs, you know, how to do it modified as opposed to doing it full, full tilt. So that was all well and good, but then as time went on and I got more and more into strength training, I realized there was every single exercise that I came across was not designed for the 45-year-old body. So that's kind of how I started to design my own to help people who were over 45 because there just wasn't anything out there. You know, you make it sound like it was so simple to do, but I can't imagine it was. You know, growing up, I remember Richard Simmons. Uh-huh. And, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously Susan Powder, Jane Fonda, mm-hmm. all all of these people. I did the Jane Fonda stuff, and I hear there's a resurgence in her stuff is, because yeah. it actually works, and it's pretty yeah. safe. But Well, it, what, what it all does is you start to move. You start to, I mean, this is one of the basis of my whole thing, is you start to give back to your body. The only reason you're doing these exercises is to give to your body. You're not doing it, you're not playing tennis, or you're not playing a game where the object is to win. The only reason you're doing all this crazy stuff, like your Pilates, is to help your body. And I believe that your body recognizes that and therefore gives back to you. So when you give to your body, your body will respond to you in kind. Okay, wait. So that it, was such a tweetable moment. <laughs> and, and, and it's really hard for me to tweet while I'm on the show today just because of my arm. But when you're exercising, you're giving to your body. You're giving back to your you're body. You're giving back I to mean, your body. That's you, a brilliant concept. Well and, and, well, and think about it. I mean, from the minute you wake up, when you wake up in the morning and you put your feet on the floor, boom, you're off. And every single thing that you do throughout the day, you are demanding of your body to perform with exactly what you're instructing it to do. And your body does as best it can. Now you have injury, so now you recognize when the body is limited. But in general, your body is there, and sometimes you do something and, oh, your back hurts or your neck hurts or something. But basically, your body is built to respond to whatever the brain demands it to do. So, but when you exercise... For the sake of exercise, that the only reason you're doing it is for your body, then it's a gift, and you're giving back. And to me, it's an acknowledgement, it's a thank you, it's an inappreciation, thank you for being there the other 15 hours in the day, but for this one hour a day, it is solely for you. And so that's, and therefore, it almost makes it, you know, people say, What's your, how do you do this every day? And it's like, well, because it's only fair, <laughs> you know, that we give back. I have goosebumps 
no, no, <laughs> no joke, Elizabeth. I, you know, I'm sitting here, and I've got chills all over my body from my head all the way down to my toes as you've been talking. That was a major aha for me. I've never, even when I worked out four to five days a week and weighed um, 130 pounds, never thought of exercise as a gift to my body. It easier, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, oh, my God, I can almost cry. That is... It, well, and it especially just... we as women, we're, we're such givers, it's scary. We give so much to our own detriment, and we give and give and give and give and give. But this is a way that you can still give, and you're not giving to yourself per se, but you are giving back to your body. You know, I ca- sometimes I call it the body buddy. You know, imagine your body standing next to you, and this is your gift that you are giving to your body, that wonderful framework of flesh and bone that performs for you every single day. And this is your gift to them. Because God knows, again, as women, we can't give back to ourselves because that's, like, selfish. You know, and we don't do that. We give outward. We don't give inward. And so this is a way to surreptitiously give inward. I... It really, I'm just sitting here. Jody, I don't know if you can see my face, but I am just, Jody's my producer. Everybody doesn't know oh, her. I'm so I am just Good. That's terrific. blown That's away terrific. by that concept. And I really hope all you listeners out there who have just heard that comment, let us know what you think because I'm totally blown away by it. I never looked at exercise that way. And it's transformative. I hope so. That's what I'm working on. So. You know, looking at exercise from that perspective and that you needed to find something to help your body so that when you are 80 years old and you have a grandchild. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go figure, huh? Um, or, you know, I know you take care of your mom as well. You can handle all these challenges. What do you think is a reali- realistic time frame that someone who's going from zero or mm-hmm. um, not gifting their body <laughs> with exercise <laughs> to, you know, be successful at even changing one one thing at their physical health. Right, right. Well, when people start my class, perfect. I have a woman who's here for the summer, and she's starting my class for the first time. And she is, a re- she is in, physically looking at her, she's in great shape. She's been doing Pilates for years. She has been to two of my Bodspear classes, and she said, if you were doing this in New Jersey, I would stop Pilates and I would do this. Wow. And the reason is, is that it's, it's yeah, and the irony also, she has a sore back. Now, here's a woman who has been doing Pilates for years, and she has a sore back, which to me is contraindicated. Yeah, because Pilates is the one thing that stopped my back from hurting. Right, right. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. So, it is, so therefore, it's different for everybody. Yeah. But what I found, when people strength train, which is what I, I highly, I mean, strength training has now been known test after test and study after study been done. It is the A number one activity, if you will. I can't call it an activity, but, but thing to do with your body that is the most helpful for your body as you age. Okay, so define strength training. Strength training is, Using hand weights, ankle weights, resistance of some sort, bands, 
um, heavy balls, you know, medicine balls, um, any sort of thing that will push your muscles past their normalcy. That's what I, normalcy is my word. Um, so when you strength train, it means that you are demanding your muscles to do more than they normally do. So if every day you are, I have a friend who owns a kayak company, mm-hmm. and I can't kayak right now, and she's like, Laura, please kayak with me. Let me kayak you around because unless I have somebody else in the boat with me and I'm pushing them, it's not even exercise for me anymore. So, And that's because her body is so accustomed to doing it. So in a sense, even though, I mean, she certainly, I'm sure, is in incredible shape. I'm sure her back and her shoulders are super, super strong. She can't get much stronger from doing what she does. So she's maintaining now. Okay. So we're going to go into the first commercial break, and I okay. want everybody to start thinking about what we're talking about. What, are, what would you need to do to begin implementing some form of strength training? We'll be back with Elizabeth Finney after the break. You guys could all see me in the studio right now. we got to get some cameras in here, Jody. Um, I talked to Elizabeth on the phone during the break, and I have to move my headset off of my ear. And then when I try to put them back on with my shoulder, that doesn't quite do everything that I want. It's, it's quite humorous to watch. So that's why it's even more perfect that we are here with my guest, Elizabeth Finney, who has already blown me away. And I, I hope she has done the same for you. When she talked about exercise, when you exercise, you are giving back to your body. I literally, no joke, everybody, I think you know by now, I, I don't tell, tell lies or anything. I'm just, I'm telling you what I'm feeling. I had goosebumps all over my body and almost thought I was going to cry as it processed through my body. So before the break, Elizabeth... You were talking about strength training, and you defined it as something that pushes your body beyond its usual. Um, Mm -hmm. And let's continue along that conversation. And and I think that's important for people to realize. I know for me, I was like, oh, I have to be able to do what I did when I was 20, which was, you know, bench press all this stuff and do a thousand crunches and, and do all that other stuff. But I'm going from back injuries and whatever, and I'm lucky I can, I can do like a 16th of any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do know what you mean. <laughs> well, I think it's really important to, for people to recognize the difference between exercise and activity. Because when we work around the garden, let's say, that is activity. A lot of times people like to call that exercise because they are doing different kinds of things with their body. But back from what I was saying before, the ultimate goal is the gardening. It's not the exercise that you're doing while you're gardening. So gardening to me is really an activity. So when you're taking a walk, for instance, taking a walk is fabulous. You're going to be walking ideally for the rest of your life. So walking is wonderful. I have a 94-year-old woman who lives across the street, and she walks down to the end of the road and back, which is a mile, and she does it every day. And my 92-year-old mother said, oh, I just don't know how she does that. And I said, because she does it every day. So when you're 94 and you're walking a mile a day, that is, in a sense, pushing yourself past the normalcy. But on the other hand, because she's been doing it every day for so long, it's routine for her now. So for her to, she can still do it, but for her to go farther, that would then be pushing herself past normalcy. Okay, so what's a realistic time frame then where time some, frame. Oh. from which somebody can be successful at changing it, if their lifestyle? If you are diligent pretty much to any activity, they say it takes 21 days to ch- change something from 
you know, hard to do into a habit. With the body, the body can transform, at least people that have told me, within two classes, they ha- feel differently with their body, with, with the strength training that we do. And, but to stick with it, if you, if, pretty much if people come to a class for a month, they're hooked. And I mean, and I've got clients who've been doing this for 13 years. So it's really, it's, it's the um, being diligent, but, you know, and really just trying hard and doing it diligently for a month, and your body begins to change. And so you feel that change, and so therefore that feeling the change becomes its own motivation. And, and what if somebody's not feeling that after a month, a, a, even a couple of weeks or a month? Because yeah. I, I know I've had that myself. And then it, it's just a real drag to get to the gym anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've started a special diet and, you know, three weeks in, you're, you haven't lost an ounce. <laughs> right. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, then it becomes very important. You've got to find out what your inspiration is. And so it's, um, I do a fitness inspiration transformation workshop weekend, and I've got some shorter workshops just with the inspiration piece to take people through the steps, the different steps to go through to really motivate yourself and find out your own aha. As I was mentioning before, women, we don't give to ourselves very often, so it's very hard for us to take all this time for ourselves, never mind the shoulds. You know, I know I should, I know I should, but we, we really need to recognize what our inspiration is. And so that's, you need to find out what your aha is, what's going to make you get out of bed every morning and do it, or, or after 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I've got to go exercise, what's going to make you do it? And that is personal. That is everybody individually has their own sense of inspiration. Mine was, oh, my God, if I'm a grandmother at 80, I want to be agile. I've got to get going. Because even though there's a long time between 45 and 80, it takes, it, it, I call it the 20-year plan. Because it takes 20 years. I mean, I'm, I started at 45. I'm 62 now. And I'm still not perfect. I know you said I was, and I appreciate that. But I'm still <laughs> not perfect. <laughs> you know, I'm still not exactly where I want to be, which is part of my mot- motivation to keep myself challenged. But it's, I call it the 20-year plan because, let's be honest, it takes a long time to change behavior. And then once we change it, we always regress. You know, or something happens and we have to stop. Like you, you hurt your shoulder. You've got to stop. And then you have to get back into it. But what the good thing is, is once you've been doing it over time, then it becomes part of it. So even if you do stop for two weeks or a month, you just simply get back on the horse and you go again. And that has to do with the inspiration. That has to do with knowing why you're doing it and feeling in your heart why you're doing it. And that, to me, that's the key to all of it any behavior change is it has to touch your heart because we don't change behavior unless we get emotional about it and as soon as our emotions are involved the that's the mind body spirit connection then it your whole being is involved and that's when it's much easier to change behavior so i would so the therefore the long answer to your question definitely finding your inspiration is the key how can somebody find their inspiration Oh, they can come to my workshop. <laughs> Just like that. Um, it, in, in a short answer, um, it has everything to do with looking at the future and planning your physical future. 
Where do you want to be in your 80s, in your 90s? Who's going to be taking care of you? Are you, are you going to be married? Are you going to be divorced? Are you going to be widowed? And, and what are your resources at that time? Are you going to be financially prepared to take care of yourself? And where are you going to live? Are you going to be near your kids? Do you have kids? So you have to really take a look at planning your physical future. And when in so doing, and, and realistically sitting down, this is what we do in the workshop, we realistically sit down and think about what will life be like when we're 78 years old. Oh, I, well, I love that question. What would life be like when you're 78 years old or 60 years old or, right. or you know, 100 years old? Right, exactly. And to really think about it. But again, whoever sits down and takes the time to do that. And so what I do when I do one-on-one with clients in planning their physical future, we literally sit down and we plan the rest of their life. We plan where they're going to live. We plan who they're going to live with. We plan um, what their financial situation is going to be. We, we write down if they're going to travel. All of it. So what I've seen typically is people just pay attention to their financial future mm-hmm. and just look at those questions from their financial future. How will I be able to afford it? And what you're saying and what I'm hearing is if we don't, at the same time we're doing that, plan our physical future, we will not be able to enjoy any of that when we get there. Correct. And not only that, but your physical future might eat up all your fiscal planning. Yeah, I've noticed that with my mom. Yeah. Um, You know, between cardiac rehab, and she has to go to cardiac rehab a couple of days a week right now, Mm -hmm. and I can't take her. Yeah. Because I can't pick up her walker and get her in the car. I'm, you know, if I did it, I might re-injure myself or make my recovery longer. So we're having to pay people to Mm -hmm. take her, and she doesn't want that. And I'm like, you guys planned this. You have to remember, if I wasn't here and you needed to do this, Right. You'd have to do this. and um, But she never really planned that she would get ill. Neither her or my father, who had Parkinson's, they both thought that they would just die. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And I think there are a lot of us it. out there that, Very much so. that think that you're not going to do it. You know, having watched my parents, who were the healthiest people I ever knew in my entire life, Oh, wow. Fade away. Oh, my God, that's Mm -hmm. crazy. So we're going to be right back after the news break, but I want you all to think about, are you planning your physical future? And are you considering exercise a gift to you? We'll be right back after the news break with Elizabeth Finney. We're speaking with Elizabeth Finney, uh, founder of fitnessafter45.com, a friend of mine who's already blown me away today and shifted my thinking around exercise. Um, and Elizabeth, before the break, we were talking about, you know, finding your inspiration to enable you to plan your physical future. Mm-hmm. But what if somebody has, you know, they've figured out what their inspiration is, like like you did with wanting to be um, okay at 80 to take care of your grand- newborn grandchild if that were to happen and, and other things that have happened. But what if, say, you have that inspiration and then something happens like, say, an injury or just anything that derails you, and you can't get back with that inspiration. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's a tough scenario. And what um, I recommend a few things, actually. Uh, first of all, you know, go back to the inspiration and meditate with it and just sit quietly and review it and see if it will 
um, inspire you anymore. And if you find that it's just not there anymore, then that's fine. Then you want to go through the process again of realistically sitting with what your life will be like and basically repeat the exercise and find out what your newfound inspiration is. Because, you know, lives change, um, personalities change. You know, you, you change, you evolve as you get older. And so because circumstances change. But what I've found um, the most inspirational for everyone is the fact of how they felt when they were exercising and that, that it was such a, a positive for them. They knew they slept better. They were, you know, getting in and out of the car easier. They were, everything, they were able to do more things in a day. Their life was basically much more efficient when they were healthier. And so that can often be the inspiration to, you know, to get back on the horse and start again. And then the, the just do it. You know, <laughs> Nike has it right. Just do it. Just, you know, just do it. Meditate on your inspiration before you start and do it, go through the motions, and fake it till you make it. You know, but that shouldn't take that long. That's the whole thing is because once you only do it for a week or two weeks, your body's going to kick right into gear because, remember, your body wants this badly. So as soon as you start doing stuff again, it's like, oh, my God, we're ready. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. I'm going to show up, and I'm going to do this with you because the body, I mean, <laughs> body feels good. That's why you feel good when you, when you take care of yourself, because the body feels good. And so the body's right there just waiting, going, you know, tapping its fingers on the desk. When are they going to get started again, you know? Again, put your body buddy next to you. I call mine Lucille, by the way. So I put <laughs> Lucille next to me, and I go, okay, Lucille, what's going on? Why, why can't I get it in gear today, you know? And then she looks at me with her hand on her hip, and she just go out there and do it. And so I just go out there, and I start, and then, you know, within minutes, I'm right there. You know, because like I said, at 62, I'm still not perfect. You know, I don't want to work out every day. This morning, I slept late. And so it's like, well, do I want to do a workout? Well, you know what? At this stage of the game, the day's already started. I'm, no, I'm not going to do a workout today. And that's okay, because I will tomorrow. But I'm at the stage where, you know, if I miss a day every now and then, pff, it's not a big deal. But, I'm, but I've been in it for years. So my body's perfectly happy with that. But I also have a friend coming down. We're going to take a, a two- to three-hour walk this afternoon, and I know that's coming. So it's okay. When you first started doing all of this work and recognizing that something had to change, that you weren't at your optimum and that other things you were doing weren't the right thing, how did you find the first thing that began to make you feel like you were going to be able to, at some point, live that inspiration? Well, I've always dabbled with sports and exercise, and I've always been capable of doing pretty much any sport that was given to me. So I always felt I was agile and, and flexible and skillful, and I could pretty much do anything. And I've always tried to exercise and be diligent about it, but I just didn't. And so um, that's why when I realized I had to do something, the strength training was the easiest thing to get into because it was on video. I did Jane Fonda. I have the original Jane Fonda record album, I want you to know. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I did that in, in the 1970s when I was living in New York City, you know, lying on the apartment floor, you know, and, and listening to that. Um, so 
it really, um, so the first thing was, was just getting started with that. And then, of course, as I became a trainer and, and got more into that and recognizing how important the whole food angle is, I mean, diet and exercise is really the key, along with hydration and sleeping. I mean, those are the four components. I call it H-E-R-E, hydration, exercise, rest, and eating. And those are the four components of a healthy lifestyle and being diligent to all of those. And so that's why it's a 20-year plan, because there's a lot to do here. So I started with the strength training, but very soon thereafter, I got down the eating piece, which, again, is still not perfect. But, um, but I, you know, the, the most important eating thing, if anybody's going to do that, is, is to try to eliminate all foreign substances from your food consumption, period. And I'm not just talking about organic food. You know, I'm talking about also... Um, you know, genetically modified food, you know, just cutting all that out and trying not to eat anything that has eaten that. Like people, we've got local eggs all around here, and people buy the local eggs. Well, the local eggs are fed with genetically modified corn seed. Well, that's then they're not organic eggs. They're just local eggs, you know, free-range eggs. So you really want to watch because in my belief system, I strongly believe, you know, it's only been about 50 to 70 years we've had all this junk put into our foods because our food supply is it's a it's an industry the food industry so so much of this junk that's been put into our food if you look at the statistics of everything from parkinson's to alzheimer's you know multiple sclerosis multiple dystrophy muscular dystrophy adhd add autism you know cancer and how rampant all of these illnesses are well, they sure weren't rampant before 50 and 70 years ago before all this stuff was put into our food. So I think the best thing, even for you with your shoulder, you know, the best thing we can do is to try to cut out all that foreign stuff because our bodies, you know, man has been around for 10,000 years and we haven't mutated our system, our organs, our, our pancreas and our liver and our kidneys. We haven't mutated to accommodate all this crap, pardon me. But it has to go somewhere. It has to manifest in our bodies some way. And the immune system is only as strong as it can be. And the immune system, 70% of our immune system is in our gut. And we're eating all this stuff going through our gut, and how, which is only weakening the immune system. So it's not strong enough to fight off all this stuff. So it's very logical that food has a huge role in how healthy we're going to be living in our 80s and 90s. Once we get our body in shape and we're strong, We've still got to make sure that everything we're putting in our mouth is going to be able to accommodate the lifestyle that we want as well. So, so therefore, so like I said, so the first thing I started with was the strength training, but I soon recognized how critical the food component is. What is your daily diet? What's it composed of? Um, well, I, I have a smoothie in the morning. Um, I am a vegan. I don't push that on anybody, but that's what works for me. I was on meat when I went off meat. I no longer was constipated. I had been constipated my entire life, literally, until I gave up meat four years ago. And um, so that is why I am vegan. I do have one egg a day, so I'm not a pure vegan, and they are free-range organic eggs. I desperately try not to put anything in my mouth that is not organic. I do not eat processed food. So my typical diet, so my breakfast consists of uh, spinach. It's a smoothie. Spinach, apple, banana, berries with some nutritional yeast to help give me some vitamin B because I don't get it from meat, and some um, flaxseed. 
as well as some vegan protein powder. That's breakfast uh, with coconut milk. I mix real coconut milk as well as the coconut milk drink. Again, all organic. And that's breakfast. Um, I have my lunch. I have greens with, oh, my daily mix of grains. Like this week, it's rice and beans with some kale and walnuts and beets, I think, are in it. And that's it. And I cook on Sundays, that's, and I make my meals for the And then dinner is um, lighter. I have like a hummus with some carrot sticks, with some raw veggies, hummus, and a very a half a piece of bread. I make my own bread. And that's because um, I love bread and olive oil. So that's my dinner. And my snacks are nuts throughout the day. Um, I do have two pieces of chocolate every day. I was wondering there, Elizabeth. <laughs> do and I also um, I also make um, I have like this I have these little goodie balls. I don't know they've got everything in them from you know oatmeal to chocolate chips and stuff. And that's my sweet. That's my dessert. And I do that because um, that's the only sugar I have. And I don't because I don't have simple carbs all day. I don't have sugar. So it's. So that's, I allow myself that because it certainly doesn't put weight on me, and it's my pleasure. I like it. I know at 11 o'clock, oh, I haven't had my chocolate yet, but when we get off the phone, I'm going to have my piece of chocolate. So that's my, re- no, not even a reward. It's just my, my gift. Okay. So you're balancing what mm-hmm. your body is responding to with, say, perhaps what your emotional body is needing, but you're giving it a healthier choice. Exactly. I want your recipe for those, um, the cheat balls, as I'll call oh, they're them. <laughs> so good. Oh, they're just so good. I'm off sugar right now, so I probably can't um, do those until another month or two, but I think it would be great. And I can, um, perhaps I can post it, or sure. you can post it somewhere on, well, it's on your not website. Mine. I'll have to get permission from okay. the friend who gave it to me, but I'm sure she'd love to share it. Oh, that would be great. And maybe we can share it with um, the audience. Sure. She's a a Floridian as well, so I'm sure she'd love to. Awesome. Excellent. Um, So how can people get in touch with you? I know we're still going to be talking, but I want to make sure people know how to reach out to you. Well, um, my website is www.fitnessafter45.com, all one word, and um, it doesn't matter, upper or lower case. But the exciting thing is, is that I will be starting a membership site in September with Bodspear, a Bodspear class changing every month. And we're going to be talking about the Bodspear class. Okay. Um, and, and Elizabeth's going to be sharing some tips from that on things that you can do on your own at home if you don't have access to somebody like Elizabeth. So we'll be right back after the break with more from Elizabeth Finney and talking about Bodspear and how you can gift your body with exercise. So, Elizabeth, I have um, what I think is an interesting question. It's, it's something I've always tried to figure out. I think I know the answer to this, but I don't like to assume when I'm asking a question as to what the answer is, because that would mean that I'm asking the question to get the answer I want versus the answer <laughs> I need, which is yeah. what I'm all about with my book, What Would a Wise Woman Do? And even about this show, it's all about the questions. I want people to get that if you ask questions with no assumption as to what the answer is going to be, how your life can completely transform. So we all hear that having a healthier lifestyle can help your business grow. But how does that, what is really the relationship between a healthier lifestyle of any sort 
and your business going to the next level? Well, it's really all about the brain because exercise enhances brain function. Nutrients in the food enhance brain function. Hydration enhances cell functions in the brain. So um, exercise creates oxygen flow, which helps the brain. So by exercising and eating right and drinking enough water, getting the right amount of sleep, uh, your brain simply gets healthier. And if you have a healthy brain, it means clearer thinking. You, you're friendlier. You have more personality. You're sharper. You know, you make better decisions. You're more articulate. You know, all these different things happen from our brain. And so if we don't change the other things in our lives, then our brain is just kind of trying its best it can, but it doesn't, it's not getting what it needs to function at its peak performance. Well, that makes total sense. I, I recently put a whole house water filter in, a whole house carbon water filter, because mm-hmm. I would get out of the shower and I swear I smelled like I had been swimming in a pool. Uh, yeah. So I had three different independent water companies come and test my water, and it was four parts per million chlorine, which is in acceptable levels by the oh, federal wow. government for chlorine. But do I want to be drinking pool water? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I said, you know what, this is ridiculous. It was my birthday, and Mom said, let's put this in the house and... It's amazing the difference of how I'm feeling alertness-wise just by yeah. changing the water that I yeah. thought was good coming from the county into yeah. my home. Yeah, and it's amazing. I- I'm still working through the whole hydration issue and breaking through all those physical barriers preventing the proper absorption of, mm-hmm. um, of the fluids into the right areas. But I, I have noticed that just changing the kind of water that's coming into my house that I bathe with, brush my teeth with, and drink and cook with is making a difference. Well, it all gets absorbed in our system. You know, we don't think about it. And this is part of my 20-year plan, and I am in this phase now. I no longer use commercial shampoo. I have, I, there are several non-toxic companies now that sell products, and I, eat that, I use that kind of toothpaste, the kind of mouthwash. I now use 100% organic, unrefined uh, coconut oil is my skin oil. Now, I don't use lotion anymore. And if I do, if I need to because I'm running late, then I have a special non-toxic lotion because this all gets absorbed in our skin. Women who wear makeup every day, by the end of the year, they have absorbed two pounds of makeup into their body, which goes in through the skin into the blood system, which goes throughout every single organ in the body. And this is chemical makeup. I mean, this is now, and there are, again, there are non-toxic makeups and everything. So you can find the stuff online. It is not that much more expensive. But be very careful of the commercialization and the word natural. Never believe the word natural. It doesn't mean anything. All right. So talk to me about Bod Spear. I mean, you and I have had several conversations about what it is that you've developed and, and how it's different. But in, you know, just a few minutes, explain. Give us a tip as to what this is all about and why it's important for us to begin rethinking the way we exercise. Well, the, when I created Bodsphere, it literally was out of, like I was mentioning, I didn't, they didn't, the exercises that I was doing was not for my body, and I wanted to change them so that I could do it for my older body. So um, I researched and found more and more exercises and more and more to the point where now I have 240 different exercises 
that I've broken down into 20 different classes. And we're talking everything from your neck down to your toes, literally. Things that you can do to help not just strengthen but enhance your flexibility. The four cornerstones of Bodspear are strengthening and stretching, balancing and breathing. And so it's really what it, to define Bodspear, Bodspear is meditative strength training where you move in rhythm with your breathing. So the pace of your breath is what determines the pace of the movement. So therefore, you're taking longer, deeper breaths. We as Americans are the shallowest breathers in the world. So you're taking longer, deeper breaths, and therefore the movement is slower. And when you move slower, you don't need such heavy weights. So therefore, you don't have to compromise your joints, which is what heavy weights do. So in a nutshell, that's pretty much what Bodspear is. So every class we do, there's a Bodspear warm-up, which takes, in the class, we only do it for 10 minutes, but I have a CD out where it's, there's a 30-minute version to learn it, and then there's a 20-minute version. And that's the kind of thing, you just do it every single morning, and it literally wakes you up. I have a, an 87-year-old client from Santa Fe who literally does the Bodspear warm-up every single morning. She wouldn't think of getting out of bed without doing it. And so people... it's really, and she's pretty vibrant at 87. So it's, and so that's kind of like the stretching portion. And then we do leg exercises. And then, I, as I say, we go head to toe. And depending on what body part is on the exercise schedule for the day. So that was what I was men- mentioning before my membership site. I'm going to put those 20 exercise programs on to to video, and then have them a, a different one available every month. So um, as members sign up, then they can just keep going. And then, and then they start to rotate them. And then it's, um, you go back and forth between you know, one and two or three and four. And it's full body. I mean, every single part of your body. But stretching is incorporated throughout. After every exercise, we stretch the body part. And that's something else. It seems to me, at least I've found in gyms and in talking to clients who work out in gyms or have, you know, stretching is almost incidental. It's kind of done at the end as opposed to being an intricate part of working out. When you're over 45, honey, you've got to stretch. And flexibility is just as important as strength as you get older. And I've and so, totally discovered that since my shoulder surgery. Yeah, I bet. Oh, I bet. Yeah, flexibility is huge. You know, and getting in and out of a car, that's flexibility. Never mind strength with your legs, but it's flexibility to. So you know, I want to make sure everybody knows how to reach out to Elizabeth. It's fitness after 45, and that's the word 45 written out, dot com. And her email is elizabeth at fitnessafter45.com. She's got just some great information up there. Soon she's going to have a way for people everywhere who aren't near Rhode Island um, or can't get up to one of her workshops to, to learn some of these techniques. I want to thank you so much for being with me today, Elizabeth, and and sharing your, your gifts and, and your knowledge with us. And um, I know that it completely shifted my thinking around <laughs> it. Fabulous. That's great. So everybody who is listening today, remember that when you exercise, you are giving back to your body. So I hope you find what you are looking for that is your inspiration to help you do that. And join me next week, same time, same channel, and catch replays on iTunes and Stitcher. We are still trending on new and noteworthy. So thank you, everybody, for posting your reviews and subscribing. If you love the show, please post a review. It helps other people find it. And if you want to schedule a one-on-one with me to talk about the questions you're asking to improve your life or your business, you can email me at laura at laurasteward.com. Or for those who are like me and like to talk in person, 
202-2138. Remember, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? See you all next week. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.